Welcome everybody to Circle Back to You. I'm your host, Jason Wilson. And today our guest and highly esteemed therapist is Sarah O'Brien. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much. So Sarah is, you know, uh, one of the top advocates of mental health, and um, we're introducing her to the community today. Uh, Sarah, tell us about your business and how did you get started? I have two businesses. I'll start with um, the second because the first will probably take me a little longer. So I just started a second business this year for coaching and consulting services. So that's offering trauma-informed business consultation, mostly for licensed mental health um, professionals, um, either in private practice or wanting to get into private practice or wanting um, business coaching or consultation around anything that has to do with their mental health role, right? Like whatever their job might be, that could be boundaries, that could be business stuff. And so, um, and I also will help private practice clinicians get up and running in three months. Um, and so if you are tired of where you are, then that is an option with me and I can help you get up and get going anywhere in the country. So that's like business number two through there. I can consult and write and do all kinds of stuff. And we're waiting to sort of get that up and get going. I'll be doing a coaching certification course next year, starting in February. So that's exciting for all that. But that's all the new stuff. All the stuff I've been doing um, would be with my first business, which is um, a private mental health uh, therapy practice. I practice psychotherapy. Um, I've had my business for almost eight years. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> I can't believe the last four years have flown by. I spent four years in person and then pandemic hit. Now I spent four years completely virtually and made that pivot. And it's been really enjoyable. Um, I got started in my private practice after serving nine years in public mental health. And that really burning out a clinician a little bit like that was uh, kind of really demanding work, grueling, kind of intense at times. And um, I didn't feel well supported there by supervisory staff and others. And I felt like I was the boots on the ground and kind of doing all the grunt work um, and not being heard very well. And so it just became exhausting after a while. And I almost left the field entirely, you know, but after higher education and getting licensed and already working in the field for nine years, um, I was sort of at a crossroads of, well, what will I do if I don't do this? Um, and so that led me into pivoting into starting my own private practice because I really do love the work with clients and just wanted to sort of do it on my own terms. So that's where I've been. And I've really been enjoying um, that have not burned out just yet. Yeah. In private practice. That's great. You know, I think one of the uh, biggest challenges that mental health therapists face on a day to day basis is that you know, they tend to take their work home. Right. And so my question is, you know, how do you personally, Sarah, separate, you know, your, your coaching practice from your home life? Um, one thing is, I feel like in the social work program I attended, they really drive this home, like learning a lot about boundaries, self-care. For those that don't know, the National Association of Social Work Workers has in their ethical principles for practice, um, and their guidelines for social workers that one of our pillars is self-care. Um, and so as a profession, there is an understanding that if you don't take care of yourself um, and you don't set boundaries and you don't separate from things, then um, you won't make it very long in this field at all. 
um, or you'll be really grouchy and angry probably of not taking care of yourself. So after 15 years of direct practice, I feel like I've gotten really good at like compartmentalizing things and so much so that I really try to contain everything with a client, even like within their session, you know, or in that time right around there, even writing the note and getting it off my plate and moving on to the next person. You know, everybody's hour is for them. And I sort of separate that out. And then, you know, I have a dedicated workspace. I feel like that helps a lot. I work from home, but I have a dedicated workspace that's like separate from my hangout space in my house or my living space, my go be with my family kind of space. And so having a separate space is a good transition um, for me at the end of the day to like leave work and, and pick it up, um, you know, the, the, the next day or after the, after the weekend. And that's helpful. Writing myself a list of things I don't want to forget so that at the end of the day, I can leave it and turn that part of my brain off and go turn another part of my brain on and, you know, do my personal stuff or have fun or take off the therapist hat, take off, yeah, the business owner hat, take off the coach hat and just be Sarah. Yeah, those are some of my my strategies for myself. Oh, that's great. So do you find, Sarah, that with other therapists and that you're, you know, certifying to go on their own and start their own practices, that, you know, with the system that they're involved in, they're, you know, serving people 30 and 40 hours a week yeah. of just sessions themselves. Um, I mean, how do you take care of yourself, though, and take care of your, your client and not burn out? <laughs> yeah, well, that that's also like a great question. And I specialize in some of some heavy disorders, not that all mental health isn't um, sometimes heavy and deep at times, but specializing in all anxiety disorders, um, trauma, PTSD, relational portrayal trauma, responses and disorders, and substance use and addiction. Um, I have found that with my sort of three specialties, they all kind of go hand in hand a little bit with my clinical caseload. And yeah, I mean, there there really has to be like an emotional barrier, like an emotional screen. Um, some of this is maybe with like some self-talk, with a lot of practice, um, with having other colleagues and other places to like vent or discuss things. But it's really sort of having this barrier of like where the client ends and where I begin. And this is true for all boundaries and like self-care and your relationships with people. And being a psychotherapist is a very relational kind of um, job, right? Very relational kind of career. Um, the, the, the difference between being a psychotherapist and like having a romantic partner or a friend is that it's a one-sided relationship. So I think that psychotherapists that are really clear on this, none of this is about you or your stuff. And you try to keep that out of the room. It's all about the client and showing them unconditional positive regard. Then there's an understanding of like how you show up there. And for me, um, that helps with that sort of like emotional screen or barrier to not absorb all of their stuff. Um, it is very much a practice and a honed skill to be able to sit with somebody in their pain, in their struggle, in their trauma, symptomatic, you know, maybe reacting even in session um, and then to remain calm, to remain at your baseline so that you can be, you know, present in the prefrontal cortex to do the work, right? And to get them sort of back at baseline. So self-care and boundaries are extremely important. You have to know your own stuff, do your own work, heal your own past trauma. Every good therapist has their own therapist or had their own therapist 
at some point um, to work through their own stuff so that it doesn't get in the room is sort of like what they've said in my training program coming up, right? Like make sure your stuff doesn't enter the room with the client. So doing your own personal work is important. And really, honestly, you have to carve out time for it. You can't just work, 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 work. And you can't just absorb, 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 you know, and be the vessel and not do anything to refill your bucket and take care of yourself. Um, and so I take a lot of space outside work to do fun things, to do creative things, to spend time with people that I enjoy that are peaceful and calm for my nervous system, right? Like there's a lot of activation that happens in session when you're a psychotherapist. And so I really like things to be just fun and light and peaceful outside of that, right? And so finding ways that works for me. So, uh, you know, Sarah, I know you've run into a lot of therapists who have been in the same place as, as you've been in the past where, you know, they're passionate about what they do. They love it and they don't want to give it up. Uh, so what do you help people to do as far as starting their own practice is concerned? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Great. Yeah, I'd like to go into more detail about this because I am really passionate about this. Um, after spending nine years in public mental health, so in community services board in and around the metro Richmond of Virginia area, and that includes a very urban city and out into the kind of rural county like I, I sort of run the gamut there and um the the way that those roles are set up are just um there's another way to say it they're just really grueling you know like meeting demand client demand caseload demand documentation demand you know um just kind of constant there and so that is not how I run my private practice. And that's not how I would help somebody else run their private practice. And so I've actually developed three tiers of packages that um, clinicians could engage in. There's a one month, a two month, and a three month. Um, and of course they come with sort of some different features and some different extras, but I have all laid out, ready to go, all websites that you need to like get your MPI going, get a tax ID number to find how you register your business in your county or city, um, how to come up with a business name. I have also, you know, developed and, and designed and written all the content for my psychotherapy website. So I can help clinicians with that part of things. Um, you do not have to hire out a bunch of people to get a practice up and going. You might just have to hire out me um, and I can sort of be your one-stop shop. You know, I can, um, what I can offer their licensed therapists in that realm also is like where you should advertise to like save the most money. I'm all about like starting a practice on as little as you can, right? Honestly, the overhead for a private practice mental health-based business is very low, especially if you work virtually or you find a really good um, like office rental deal, which I did for like the first four years. And so if you just kind of know strategically how to set yourself up um, and what things are important to pay for and what things are not important to pay for, um, I think you can like turn over a profit pretty quickly. From my own experience, um, I almost doubled my gross salary in my first full year in my practice from my other job where I was also a licensed clinician, I was a licensed outplay patient clinician. So fully licensed and making, you know, probably about as much as I was going to make um, as an outpatient clinician that's licensed in, in um, a community mental health center. And so that was remarkable to me. And my first year in practice, I took Medicaid, Medicare, and 
tons of commercial insurances. This is not a self-pay practice. Um, I have some self-pay clients, but I am mostly an insurance-based practice. And I have turned over a profit every year for eight years in a row um, without really business coaching. Um, this year, I've gotten a little bit more. I got a mentor, but uh, for some different stuff that I'm doing, not as much for for all the stuff I know about running a private practice business, I've done that on my own. I've researched and learned a lot on my own. I've collected as many resources as I can, and I've compiled all that in really just kind of a roadmap, an easy to follow um, kind of program where I will meet with people in between to say, how are you doing? Did you find this information? You know, do you have questions? Are you getting what you need to really like get all the business stuff and all the you know, all the red tape, all the legal stuff for running a mental health-based business. There's a lot of, you know, confidentiality, HIPAA, paperwork forms, like things you have to have, things you have to know. I think that's really scary for people. And so they don't want to step into it on their own. They'll often join a group practice. But let me tell you why this is better than that. You know, I'm going to help you start your own practice and not take a cut. A group practice owner is going to take a cut of all those clients that you see. They're going to give you some stuff in return, like often scheduling, billing, maybe office space, some other perks. Um, if you don't want to do all those things yourself, a group practice is exactly the place for you. But if you are an organized person, you can do administrative tasks. You know, you know how to follow up with emails. You can maybe keep a basic spreadsheet. You can do this. Um, anything that's really financially complicated, I do have a CPA for, um, but I have asked so many inquisitive and curious questions of my CPA to understand the financial part of running a business as well. And what I need to know about taxes and filing taxes and all those um, designations that you need to make for your business. I've learned all of that. And I'm happy to speak to another clinician sort of in a very lay person language because I'm not a financial person. I'm not a business person. I'm a therapist. I'm a trauma-informed communicator and collaborator, right? Like that that's what I can do. So I can give you all of this information in a way that is going to make sense with handouts and websites and things already lined out like in a sheet for you, ready to go and just and then be your support, right? Your cheerleader, your hype man. And like, you can do this. You are going to get clients. Like it's a done deal. What I really think about being a private practice clinician is that it is a ready made to be a profitable business. We have such a deficit in this field. People are leaving the field. We don't have enough mental health clinicians. I promise you, if you open up your own private practice anywhere in this country and practice virtually from within your state, you will get therapy clients. There is not enough of us to go around. There, there should be no competition. We, we are not fighting for clients at all. If anything, people have an overflow that they can't manage and having more clinicians that are doing this and, you know, sort of honing in on their specialty would be wonderful. And you can, you know, choose who you want to see, work as much as you need to figure out like your sort of bottom line and taking in and you don't have to overwork yourself and you're still providing such a value to the field, to the profession, to having longevity in your own career, you know, being able to really set those boundaries and create that work-life balance. I'll give you another example of how I do that for myself. I'm not really a morning person. Um, you know, I had to be at, at my like first real social work mental health job. I had to be there at 7 a.m. <laughs> 
Right. And then all the other ones that were like eight or eight 30. And it's like, I really like to get somewhere to be there, you know, that that's getting up really early for me and I don't function that well. So I get to sort of set my own hours here. I still work, you know, 35 to 40 hours a week, including all the business stuff. I don't see that many clients or anything. Um, but running all the business practice and doing a bunch of those other things. But I don't start my client day till 10 30 or 11 so that I am like fully awake and on and ready to go. You know, and I cut off at five or six, I'm not working like late. My, my last job that I left before I started my private practice, I worked a 12 and a half hour a day once a week, every week for three years, you know, and then got up and got to work by 8 30 the next morning. It's like, that sucked for me. <laughs> like that was. I do not like that. Right. And so I'm able to do what I need to do better, show up for my clients better, better able to maintain that boundary in that screen. Because for me, I need like a slow start to my morning. If I have to go, go, go and get to work by 8 a.m., I'm like frazzled and stressed and like a little overwhelmed, you know, and I might be sitting down with my first client at nine because that's how they scheduled it for me. And there's just no agency to to pay attention to your own nervous system, your own capacity, your own emotional bandwidth for that day or that week or that month or whatever, and make adjustments to your schedule and like who you see when. I have found that to be like a huge benefit to me, not burning out, you know, maintaining self-care and boundaries, and then enjoying my work when I step into client sessions rather than feeling like frazzled, stressed, and like foggy, you know, for me, like not fully awake and foggy in the morning. And that's just like one little way that like being in control of things for yourself lets you have agency over who you see, how you see them, how you practice, and then how you care for yourself and how much time you leave to care for yourself and or your family or your other responsibilities that just creates a much better balance for people. You know, we need mental health care. People are struggling. Trauma is pervasive. I do not want therapists leaving the field to do coaching only as so many people are, you know, it's like coaching is not mental health treatment and therapy. And that is still a really needed thing. And there's a way that, you know, you can do it and I can be your hype man and I can help you get there. And I will help answer questions and navigate anything that, you know, clinicians need to work through. I, I am truly passionate about this and want to help, you know, I want to assist them really. And, Really, the greater good in that is like, I want to help as many people as I can. And I'm only one person with a clinical focus, right? And so if I can help other clinicians do the same thing, but not work for me, but really just collect all of their profit for themselves and determine what services they they do need to pay for, right? Make that as cheap as possible for them so they can capitalize on their profit margin so that they don't have to see 40 clients in a week. I only see 18 to 22 and I'd like to get less than that. And I'm working on it. Right. And so I can, it's very realistic. I feel very confident how people and clinicians like get, get, get to this space. Right. So if you feel overworked, if you're tired of a caseload of 60, yeah, you can do this and still help people and probably be more effective. Yeah. Sarah, you know, what you're doing is such a blessing to people, you know, not just the, the clients, but also the therapists. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a licensed therapist and you need any kind of, you know, guidance, support, whatever it is that you need to get your business started on your own, Sarah is the go-to person. Sarah, what is your website? 
<laughs> my website now, because my coaching and consulting website is still under construction. You know how that goes, Jason. It takes yep. a while to build a website and get all the kinks worked out. So I'm going to have to be directing everybody to my psychotherapy website, which is just www.sarahobrienlcsw.com. Um, if you do slash consulting, you'll get directly to the coaching consulting stuff. And I've created a few micro sites with some more information. And those links are directly on my psychotherapy website on that consulting page. Um, and so, yeah, so I have like separate email for all of that, but that's all listed right there um, on my psychotherapy page if you want to reach out for that. And those micro site links um, have all the package information for people. Wonderful. So ladies and gentlemen, Sarah O'Brien from Thrive and Shine Coaching and Consulting. We will be back next week with uh, a little bit more from Sarah. We're going to be focusing on a, on a different area of mental health every week. So glad to have you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. It's good to be here. Awesome. Take care.